Hare Krishna. Om Gyanati Manandasya Gyanandana Salakya Shakshur Nimitam Yena Tasmai Si Guru Venamaha Sri Narada said, leaving Lord Krishna there, Akrura entered Mathura, informed King Kamsa of what had happened, and then returned to his home. Noticing that afternoon that Krishna, Balaram, and the boys were very eager to see Mathura's city, Nanda spoke the following words. Look at the city and then quickly return. Know that this is not Gokul. This is the fearful kingdom of Kamsa. Saying, so be it, and accompanied by Balaram, the boys and some adult gopas sent by Nanda, Lord Krishna, entered Mathura city, which was surrounded by high walls and filled with mansions of gold and jewels and great palaces that touched the sky. This was like a great city in the celestial planets, which was filled with handsome men and beautiful women and decorated with jeweled staircases leading down the Yamuna's turbulent waves, splendid as black locks of hair. As they gazed at the palaces of the wealthy and the other opulence of Mathura, Krishna and the Gopas started to walk on the king's road. Hearing that Vasudev's son had come, the learned women of Mathura at once left their children and all their household duties and ran to see Krishna as rivers run into the ocean. Some of the palaces some from palaces, some from behind lattice works, and some from the tops of, of walls, some from behind curtains, some from windows, some from doorways, and some from courtyards. The women of Mathura gazed at Lord Krishna. O King, as they gazed at Lord Krishna, the master of numberless universe, his face decorated in front with moving locks of hair and in the back with a glittering crown, wearing a yellow cloth wrapped around his waist and over his shoulder, splendid as... A dark cloud of lightning, flash of a giant garland on his chest and a lotus in his hand, wearing swing, sh swinging shark-shaped earrings and golden armlets, splendid as the rising sun, and stealing their hearts as he walked before him, all the women of Mathura city fell hopelessly in love with him. The women of Mathura city said, Ah, all the gopas in beautiful Vindavan are very fortunate again and again to see such a handsome person. The gopis are very fortunate. What pious deeds must they have performed that in the Rasa dance they could again and again drink the nectar of Krishna's lips? Sinarda said, To please the gopis, Lord Krishna spoke the following words to a washerman and a cloth dyer that was frantically going on the king's road. Oh, noble-hearted friend, give these beautiful garments to us. If you give them, you will get a great gift in return. Of this there is no doubt. Inflamed by Lord Krishna's words, as fire is inflamed by ghee, the washerman, the washerman, who was a great demon and servant of Kamsa, spoke to Lord Krishna in the middle of the road. The washerman said, O proud wearers of copins, did your fathers or grandfathers ever wear clothes like these? O uncivilized people who live in the forest, if you value your lives, then flee from the city. If you do not, then I will have you put in jail for stealing my garments. Sinarada said, as soon as these words were spoken with the edge of his hand, Lord Krishna playfully beheaded the washerman.
O king of Videya, then an effulgence left the washerman's dead body and entered the dark cloud of Lord Krishna. At once, the washerman's assistants dropped the great treasury of opulent garments and fled in all directions as monsoon clouds flee with the coming autumn. Calmly standing there, Krishna and Balaram took what they liked from the pile of garments. The Gopa boys took what they wanted and other boys walking on the king's road, unaware of what had happened, also took from the pile of beautiful clothes as Krishna and Balaram pleasantly looked on. Then a weaver noticed Krishna Balaram and at once dressed them in beautiful and colorful garments. He also dressed the other Gopa boys. Then with great devotion, he again gazed at Lord Krishna. Pleased with him, Lord Krishna gave the weaver a transcendental form like his own. Then Balaram gave him transcendental strength, handsomeness and opulence like his own. Then accompanied by Balaram and the Gopas, Sri Krishna, the son of Nanda, went to the florist Sudama's home. When he saw Krishna and Balaram, Sudama at once stood up and then bowed down with folded hands. Placing them on a flower throne, he stuttered words, choked with emotion. See, Sudama said, O oh Lord, now that you've come, my family, my home and my birth in this world have all become blessed. I think seven generations of ancestors in the families of my father and mother and wife have now gone to Vaikuntha Loka. You are both the perfect Supreme Personality of Godhead who have taken birth in King Yadu's dynasty to remove the earth burden. Offer my respectful obeisances to you, the two controllers of all the worlds who've now come to my very poor home. Sinarada said, after speaking these words, the florist offered Krishna and Balaram many nectar flower ornaments filled with the humming of bees. Then he bowed down to offer his respects. Seeing that great abundance of flowers, Lord Krishna, the Supreme Personality of God, it gave them to the Gopas. Smiling, he spoke the following words. You will have great devotion for my lotus feet. You will have the company of my devotees. Even in this world, you will have a transcendental form like my own. Then Lord Balaram gave him the gift of eternally increasing handsomeness and opulence. O king, then Krishna Balaram stood up and left. Now they traveled on a different road. Then Lord Krishna posed a question to a young, beautiful and lotus-eyed hunchback girl carrying a cup of sandalwood paste as she walked on the road. The Supreme Personality of God had said, Who are you? Who's the man that loves you? And whom do you carry and for whom do you carry this sandalwood paste? Give it to us. If you do, you will attain eternal good fortune. The maidservant said, Oh most handsome of men, I'm a maidservant. O oh, noble hearted one, my name is Kubja. I made a small paste with my own hand. Kamsa, the king of the Bojas, likes it very much. I'm Kamsa's maidservant, but now that I've met you, I think I can only I can only think of your two broad arms like two great elephant trunks. Who deserve, deserves this sandalwood paste more than you two? In the three worlds, no one is as handsome as you two. See, Narada said, very happy. She gave the thick ten sandalwood to them. Anointed with it, Krishna and Balaram shone with great splendor. Then the boys of Raja also took some of the splendid sandal paste. At that moment, Lord Krishna decided to transform the hunchback girl bent in three places into a beautiful straight girl. With both feet stepping on her toes and with two fingers of an out, outstretched hand grasping her chin, Lord Krishna, the almighty Supreme Personality, got it at once.
suddenly, as everyone watched, suddenly jerked her crooked body. She suddenly became a beautiful straight as a stick. A beautiful girl, straight as a stick. Her straight is eclipsing the graceful straightness of the banana tree. Sweetly smiling, and now tormented with amorous desire, she clutched Lord Krishna's garland. The maid servant said, O oh, most handsome of men, please come to my house. I cannot leave you. O oh, all-knowing one, oh, you know who the, you know the sweet taste of nectar. Oh, you who, who humbly give all honor to others, please be kind to me. My heart is tormented with love for you. Sinarada said, then the gopas burst into laughter and clapped their hands. Lord Krishna smiled as Balaram looked on spoke and spoke the following words. The Supreme Personality of Godhead said, very beautiful and kind people who talk even, take even strangers to be guests at their home live here. That is why Mathura is blessed with such opulences. After I finished sightseeing in the city, I will surely visit your home. Sinarada said, after speaking these affectionate words, Lord Krishna pulled at his upper garment and continued on the king's road. Then he saw a group of wealthy Vaishyas worshipping him with flowers, betel nuts, scents, fruits and milk and placing him on a throne. The Vaishyas bowed down before Lord Krishna. The Vaishyas said, if you become the king here, then please remember your own people. We are your subjects, O Lord, who on, on attaining a kingdom will forget his own people. Sinarda said, sweetly smiling, the Lord asked where the, where the great bow was kept. Fearing the Lord would break it, the intelligent Vaishnavas, the intelligent Vaishyas did not tell him. Charmed by the Lord's handsomeness, virtue and sweetness, and hoping to see the Lord break the bow, some, some of the boys of Mathura said, child, come, look, here's the bow. At once, becoming friends with these boys, the Lord followed their instructions and came to the place of the bow. Seven talas long and wonderful with gold. The bow was like the bow of Indra himself. It was so heavy, 5,000 men were needed to carry it. It was made of eight metals, weight at 100,000 baras. On Chaturasi, the people of the city worshipped it in the Yagyamanda. Long ago, Lord Parasaram gave this bow to King Kamsa. Lord Krishna looked at the bow and thought it was like Lord Caesar. His coil wound around and around. Overcoming the, the people's attempt to stop him, Lord Krishna picked up the bow and the people of the city watched as he strung it easily, grasping the bow with both hands, both hands and drawing the strings to ear. Lord Krishna broke the bow in the middle as an elephant breaks a sugarcane stalk. The sound of the bow breaking was like thunder. It echoed in the universe of seven lokas. The earth, the stars, and the elephants holding up all the directions all shook. The people on the earth were deafened by the sound. That sound shattered Kamsa's heart. For two hours, the guards at, the, at that palace, at that place, attacked Krishna. Eager to grab Krishna, the demon soldiers called out, tie him up. Seeing them coming with weapons, Krishna and Balaram took up the bow and struck them so ferociously that many fell unconscious. Their feet, nails, arms, shoulder broken. 5,000 soldiers fell to the ground. 
trembling, the people ran to see it. There was a great uproar in the city. The people were afraid. At that moment, the royal parasol overcomes the throne, suddenly fell to the ground. O king, Krishna and the gopis fled from the palace, from the place of the bow. Finally comes the sunset. Lord Krishna seemed to be very afraid. Gazing at Lord Krishna's wonderfully handsome form, the women of Mathura were bewildered with feelings of love, tormented with amorous desires, and their hair and garments in disarray they spoke amongst themselves. The women of Mathura city said, as we gaze on Krishna, eclipsing the glory of millions of Kamadevs and wondering as he likes a Mathura city, city, amorous desires suddenly enter all our limbs, all the limbs of our body. The wise women of Mathura said, are women hard-hearted, not in this city, Gazing at Lord Krishna, we have become bewildered with love for him. We've never seen limbs as handsome and delightful as his. How can there be so much sweetness in a single place? Gazing at him, our eyes have become like moths flying into a fire. Friend, how do my eyes have the power to see someone so handsome? As our gaze on each of Sri Krishna's limbs, we become filled with bliss. And as our eyes gaze on each of Sri Krishna's limbs, we become filled with bliss and our thoughts become plunged in the ocean of his handsomeness. Sinarda said, as they saw him in the day, the women of Mathura city also saw Lord Krishna in their dreams. O king of Matila, they thought, what did the gopis do in the company of such an enchanting boy in the Rasadance circle? Sinarda said, when he heard how the washerman was beheaded, the guards killed and the bow broke and Kamsa became filled with fear. From that moment, Kamsa saw many evil omens. The left side of his body trembled. In dreams, he saw his limbs broken. Then he could not sleep. Then he dreamed of being attacked by ghosts, of being anointed with oil, of walking about naked, of being garlanded with roses, and of rising south on a buffalo. Rising in the morning, he called for his servants and had them make arrangements for the day's wrestling festival. Before the Royal Assembly building was a sports arena with a huge field and many golden pillars. O king, there were golden awnings decorated with girls, great stairways, golden fewer boxes and a great field. And the splendid golden jasmine decorated royal box was in this throne, holding a great circle of cushions. Over the throne was a splendid parasol, graceful as the circle of the moon, and by it were swan fans and chamaras with diamond handles. It was ten hot high and was made by Vishwakarma. At that moment, Kamsa ascended the throne. He was the lion on a mountaintop. Suddenly, the singer sang, the dancing girl danced, and the madangas, patahas, talas, birias, nakas, and other instruments were sounded. And the many grandsons
In the many grandstands and viewer boxes, many kings, provincial governors, and the people of the city observed the wrestling games. Then Chanura, Mustika, Kota, Sal, and Tosla entered and began to fight each other with clubs. Called forward by Kamsha, King Nanda and the other Gopas bowed their heads and placed their gifts before him. Then they went into their own box. Many obeisances also came. Many offerings also came to Krishna. Jarsana, Naika. Okay, we'll skip a little bit. There was a big fight between Krishna and uh, and the elephant, Kuvalayadipa. And Krishna is uh... well. Let's see. Anger the elephant trainer made the elephant, trumpeting in all directions, charged Lord Krishna, the son of Nanda. The regal elephant grabbed Krishna in his trunk and lifted him high, but in a moment Krishna slipped from the elephant's grasp. As he used to do among the trees of Vrindavan forest, Krishna quickly going here and there played hide and seek behind the elephant's legs. Pushing its trunks between its legs, the elephant grabbed Krishna, pressing the trunk hard with both hands. Krishna ran behind the elephant. Its trunk and body twisted into an awkward position. The disoriented elephant tried to grab Krishna. But Krishna punched it with his fist and ran to the front. O King of Videya. When Krishna fled and the elephant changed him to rematuricity, there was a great uproar. Then... Very powerful Lord Balaram grabbed the elephant's tail and with both arms acted here and there as Garuda drags a snake. Laughing, Lord Krishna grabbed the elephant's trunk and pulled it with both hands as it pulls the rope in a well. O king of kings, pulled in both directions by Krishna and Balaram, the elephant was in great distress. Seven elephant trainers quickly came to his rescue. The other trainers brought 300 elephants to kill Lord Krishna and Balaram watched. Lord Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, approached the elephant, matted by the pinching road, grabbed it by the trunk, wormed it around and, and around, and finally threw it to the ground. As a small child throws a commando, as the saintly people of Madhura watched, uh, and the trainer fled, the elephant suddenly died. Okay, okay. Okay, O King of Videya, an effulgence left the elephant's dead body and suddenly entered Lord Krishna, who was as dark as a monsoon cloud. Then the very powerful Krishna and Balaram uprooted the elephant's tusks and with them as weapons attacked the elephant trainers as two lions attack a flock of deer. And the elephants were killed. The trainers fled in all directions as rain comes free and at the end of the monsoon. 
after killing the elephant, very powerful Krishna and Balaram, covered with perspiration, an elephant's rut, clutching the two elephant tusks and their faces red with stress, quickly entered the arena like two forest fires, fanned by great winds. Following them were the remaining gopas, who loudly called out victory and were eager to see what would happen next. When accompanied by Balaram, Lord Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, entered the arena, the people saw them, saw him in different ways. The wrestler saw him as a wrestler. The people in general saw him as a great king. The women saw him as Kamadev. The Gopas saw him as the master of Raja. King Nanda saw him as his son. The impious saw him as Yamaraj. Kamsa saw him as death personified. The wise saw him as a great renowned sage. And the yogi saw him as the supreme truth. And the members of the Bojabai dynasty saw him as their lord. When Kamsa saw that the elephant had been killed, he became pensive and frightened at heart. When the people in the grandstands saw it, they became happy and uh, at heart, like Chakora birds gazing at the moon. The eager people whispered in each other's ears, the Supreme Personality of God, it has become the two sons of Vasudev. We're now gazing on Lord Krishna, the Supreme Personality of God, who wandered in the beautiful circle of Raja and who's so difficult to see. Now our lives have become a perfect success. Sinarda said, O king of Mithila, as the people of Mathura spoke in this way, and as the Turiya sounded, Chanura approached Krishna and Balaram and addressed them with these words. Chanura said, O Balaram, O Krishna, you are both very strong. Please fight with us before the king. If king comes as pleased, what good thing will not come both and to us? Supreme Personality of God, it said, By the king's grace, we will happily fight with other boys that are our equals in strength. It's not right for us to fight with those who are much stronger than we. There should not be such an impetus, impious fight. Chanura said, You're not a boy, nor are you a youth. You're stronger than the strongest. The two of you easily killed an elephant, stronger than thousands of furious elephants. Sinarda said, Hearing these words, Lord Krishna, the Supreme Personality of God, who removes all troubles, proceeded to fight with Chanura. Then Balaram proceeded to fight with Mustika. As the people watched, Krishna and Chanura wrestled, pulling and pushing each other with both arms. They were like two elephants trying to defeat each other. Picking up him up with both arms, Krishna weighed Chanura as the demigod Brahma weighed the heaviness of someone's pious deeds. As Lord says to the king of serpents, picks up the earth with one hand, Chanura playfully picked up Lord Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, with one hand on his neck and the other on his waist. Krishna suddenly picked up Chanura and threw him on the ground, hitting each other with their hands and feet, arms, fingers and fists. Krishna and Chanura fought. Bala and Mustika also fought in the same way, gazing at the handsome, perspiring face. Uh, of Krishna and Balaram, the women of the palace became filled with compassion for them. Standing in the palace windows, they spoke. The women said, an impious fight is now happening in the royal assembly in the king's presence. How can Krishna and Balaram, were like two flowers, be an equal match with these two wrestlers who have bodies like thunderbolts? The people of Mathura city are very unfortunate that they must see such a fight. The girls in the forest were fortunate they could taste the nectar of the residence with Krishna. Friends, 
While this wicked king is present, no one dared to say anything. We simply pray that by power of their pious deeds, these two boys will defeat their enemies. Sinarda said, thinking of how King Nanda's heart was melting and how the women were praying in this way, Lord Krishna, yearning to kill them, ferociously uh, attacked his opponents. Suddenly grabbing him with both hands, Lord Krishna threw Chanura in the sky as a great wind uproots and throws a lotus flower. Like a comment, um, Chanura fell headfirst from the sky. Standing up, he violently, violently punched Krishna. Unmoved by the punch, Lord Krishna, who is greater than the creators, suddenly grabbed Chanura and threw him on the ground. O king of Mithila, mad with anger and his teeth now broken, with both feet, Chanura pounded Lord Krishna's chest. O king, grabbing both his hands, Lord Krishna whirled Chanura around and around as Kamsa and everyone else looked on. As a child throws a Kamandalu, Lord Krishna chose throws Chanura to the ground. O king, vomiting blood and his head broken, Chanura suddenly died. In the same way, very powerful, Lord Balaram grabbed the feet of the invincible Mustika, whirled him around and threw him to the ground as Garuda throws a snake. O king, vomiting blood from his mouth, Mustika suddenly died. Seeing Kuta coming with a single punch, Lord Balaram knocked him to the ground as with this thunderbolt, Indra knocks down a mountain. When Sala approached, Lord Krishna attacked him as with his beak Garuda attacks a snake. Then Krishna grabbed Tosala, ripped him in two at the waist and threw the two pieces into Kamsa's box as an elephant breaks and throws a tree. All the saintly people of Mathura looked on. The effulgent souls of the wrestlers killed in the arena entered the spiritual world of Vaikuntha. After many wrestlers were thus killed by Krishna and Balaram, the others, terrified and intent on staying alive, fled. Then calling Sridham and other Gopa friends, Krishna began to fight with them as the saintly people of Mathura looked on. As Krishna and Balaram, wearing crowns and earrings, played with the Gopa boys in the arena, the people of Mathura gazed at them and became filled with wonder. From every mouth except Kamsa's came the words victory and bravo, bravo. Then all the Dandavats numbed. So, in this way, we see how Krishna and Balaram were fighting in Mathura with the wrestlers. Of course, the Harivamsa describes it a little bit different. Huh? There it is described that uh, Krishna just smashed uh, Chanura on the head and then his eyes popped out and they were dangling like two cords. Um, Balaram just knocked Mustika out. Um, so, in this way, Krishna and Balaram uh, performed their the two personalities, the two supreme personalities of Godhead entered into Mathura and uh, performed their pastimes, which are leading up to the, uh, the death of Kamsa. Um, Krishna and Balaram are uh, inseparable. Um, they're very, very close. Um, we see how many, many pastimes are performed together. 
because that is the nature of Krishna Balaram's bond. They fight side by side, they play side by side, they herd the cows side by side. Uh, Krishna and Balaram in this way are in Vrindavan every day, uh, going to the forest early in the morning, streams of cows come out of the, uh, the ghost shalas and out of the other one, a stream of buffaloes is coming and it's like the Ganga and the Yamuna, uh, this, like the Milky Way, the Sweta Ganga, the white Ganga from the, from the sky is joining with the river Yamuna. And then with these two streams of cows and buffaloes, Krishna and Balaram are entering the, uh, the forest of Vrindavan uh, and to begin their, their daily pastimes. We are uh, simply spending our day uh, hearing about Krishna and Balaram, uh, remembering and meditating on their transcendental pastimes because uh, this day is, is, is the most important day to carry on and be absorbed in the pastimes of Lord Balaram. So let us read a little bit further. Um, I'm skipping a little bit now. Uh, so just have a moment. So these readings are from the... Uh, uh, these readings then are from the Garga Samhita. And I'll continue now with chapter 9, Yadu Sokyam, the happiness of the Yadus. See Narada said, then accompanied by the Vishnis, Krishna and Balaram, the two supreme personality of Godhead, approached Devaki and Vasudev. O king, seeing their condition, Lord Krishna at once united their bonds as Garuda unties a knot, not a rope of snakes. Seeing that their parents had become aware of their transcendental power, Krishna and Balaram at once bewildered them with his illusory potency, which bewilders all the worlds. Now thinking Krishna and Balaram, his own sons, bewildered Vasudev, suddenly stood up, his eyes filled with tears. He and Devaki embraced their two sons. Accompanied by the Vrishnis, Lord Krishna consoled his parents. Then he crowned king. King of Mathura, his maternal grandfather, Ukrasena, calling together the Yadavas that had fled to other countries out of fear of Kamsa, Lord Krishna effectually gave homes in Mathura to them and their families. Then bewildering them with their illusory potency, Krishna Balaram bowed down before King Nanda and other gopis who were now eager to return to their, their homes. Krishna said to them, Father, please stay here in Mathura for a while. If the desire to leave has risen in your heart, then please return to Vraja. Balaram and I, with the Yadavas at our side, will return there after a little while. Sinarada said, after being worshipped by Krishna and Balaram, affectionate King Nanda embraced Vasudev and then returned with the Gopas to Vraja. Then Vasudev gave a million cows along with many valuable garlands and ornaments in charity to the Brahmanas. This was the charity that previously he gave in meditation on the day of Lord Krishna's birth. Then pious Vasudev, 
called Gargamuni and had him perform the sacred threat ceremony for Krishna and Balaram. Then, as if they were ordinary boys eager to learn all things, the two supreme personalities of Godhead, Krishna and Balaram, went to the home of their guru, Sandipani Muni. After rendering excellent service to their guru, in a very short time, Krishna and Balaram, who were already the best of all-knowing philosophers, became learned in everything. When Krishna and Balaram approached with folded hands to offer dakshin, their Brahmana guru chose the return of his dead son as his dakshin. Riding in a golden chariot, powerful Krishna and Balaram came to Prabhask Sechra by the shore of the ocean. At once the deity of the ocean appeared. Trembling, he de delivered a gift of jewels to Krishna and Balaram. So, at once the deity of the ocean appeared. Trembling, offered gifts of jewels to Krishna and Balaram with folded hands fell at their feet. To him, Lord Krishna said, Return at once, my guru's son, whom you took with your powerful ways. The ocean deity said, O Lord, O master of the demigods, I did not take the boy. The Kons demon Panchajana took him. O Lord, you are so powerful that you frighten even the demigods. Therefore, it is proper that you defeat this very strong demon that always stays in my abdomen. Srinarada said, and he heard these words. Lord Krishna tightened the sash of his waist and dove into the ocean of terrible waves. Srinarada said, when he heard these words, Lord, no, that's already done. Mm, so they killed that demon, Panchajana, and then... Blowing the conch shell that had been Panchajanya's outer body, powerful Lord Krishna filled the world with a th sound like thunder when they heard it, Yamaraj and his assembly trembled. After any of the sinners following the 8,400,000 hells there that heard the sound at once attained liberation. Sorry. Bringing an offering in his folded hands, humble Yamaraj fell down at the, at the lotus feet of Krishna and Balaram. See, so Yamaraj said, O Krishna, O ocean of mercy, O Balaram, O powerful Balaram, you are two masters of numberless universes. You are the two personalities, supreme personalities of Godhead. You are the two ancient supreme persons, the master of everything, the rulers of all beings in all the worlds, the two supreme lords who stand above all others. Please order me as you wish. The Supreme Personality of God had said, O protector of the worlds, O noble-hearted one, bring to me my guru's son. You should rule your kingdom by obeying my words. Srinara said, Lord Krishna, then returned the boy to his guru. After receiving their guru's blessings, Krishna and Balaram bowed before him with folded hands. When riding a chariot, they returned. Okay. They returned to Mathura. The Yadavas greeted them with honor and worship. Then one day, remembering his devotees, the Pandavas, Lord Krishna, the cause of all causes, went with Balaram to Akrura's home. Akrura at once stood up and embraced him. 
O king, he worshipped them with 16 offerings. O king, standing before them with folded hands. Sri um, Akura said, O Krishna Balaram, again and again, I offer my respectful obeisance unto you. You're my Lord. You. What you told me. <clears throat> on the path has now all become true. You are the two joys of the world, the two ornaments of the people, the two lamps that light up all the universes and the realms beyond the universes to protect the cows, brahmanas, devotees, demigods, Vedas, and the principles of religion. You've both taken birth in the Yadava dynasty. Okay, and so we end our reading of the Garga Samhita. <clears throat> <sighs> the streaming makes me tired every day, so sometimes I fall asleep when I read, but don't take that too serious. It's just the nature of electronics. Um, but Baladev, uh, Lord Balaram, is, um, is most powerful, most merciful. And uh, we pray to him today to protect us um, from, from all the demons in the world. We pray to Balaram that those who are following in his footsteps and always serve Krishna uh, may be always protected by his mercy. I thank you very much. And we'll be back with you uh, on uh, on uh, Zoom and uh, at uh, what is it uh, four o'clock? Yes, that is Brussels time. Um, I'll forward the Zoom link to some of the devotees who are on the disciple conferences. Hare Krishna. If Jyotimari, you have that link already, then you can forward that link to my disciples. Hare Krishna.